الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اليوم تجزع كل نفس بما كسبت سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المصنين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم as human beings, we have a tendency to turn away from those things that we find repulsive. This is built into our nature. In fact, you know, they call this the flight or fight, fight or flight response at times. That you see something that's repulsive, you actually desire to run away from it, and you're provided with the energy in order to do so. Right? So if, uh, if, uh, if, you, if you're by yourself in the middle uh, of the woods and a bear comes up to you, uh, you'll run away, right? This is just built-in human nature, and this is for anything that's repulsive to us. You might you might look at something on TV or on the com- on the on- online on a computer, and it might be unsettling to you. So you'll quickly just turn it off or turn away from it. You have that option. Someone you know and you see often, they frustrate you or they um, they drive you crazy. You will learn over time to just avoid them because they're repulsive to you. You may have a fear of heights, so you'll know that I'm never going to get on a roller coaster. I'm not going to climb a ladder. You have these options, and this is just our nature. We prefer to stay away from things that are uncomfortable for us. And in life, you usually have that opportunity. In rare circumstances, you can't, and you kind of have to face that challenge or that fear or that difficulty. Um, but for the most part, human beings have the option of turning away or, uh, or, or staying away from it. But interestingly, there'll be one experience that we will not be able to avoid. Uh, no matter how much we, we may want to, and no matter how much we may desire to, we won't have the ability to turn away. And that experience is death. Now, Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْهِ فَإِنَّهُ مُنَاقِيكُمْ That verily, that death that you try to run away from, that death that you try to run away from, because it's an inconvenient truth, it's an uncomfortable truth for us, we as human beings, individually, collectively, since the beginning of time, have tried to find ways to avoid this. Right? People would travel across the world looking for the fountain of youth because they feared the possibility of dying. People live in this world trying to ignore the fact that they're mortal in hopes that it won't actually happen. But Allah Ta'ala says so beautifully, قُلْ إِنَّ You know, verily that death that you are running away from, that you're hiding from, that you hope will never actually meet you, he says so interestingly, he says, فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ That verily, with emphasis, verily, indeed, indeed, it will meet you. And that one thing that you try to run away from, it will, without a doubt, meet you. Now, it will not only meet us, it will meet everything. And so it comes in hadith that everything will, be, will face death. Even the angel of death himself. So what will happen is that once Allah Ta'ala decrees for all of humanity to cease to exist, 
and that order will be made and everyone will pass away in the earth. Everyone that's alive will pass away completely. Then after that command is given, Allah Ta'ala will then tell the angels of the first heavens to die. And He'll make that command and all of them will fall flat and they'll pass away. And then the second level, the second heavens, Allah Ta'ala will command all the angels of the second heavens to pass away and all of them will be forced to die and all of them will die. Then the third, these are angels, right? They were never tested in this world and yet they are being made forced to, to die. Highlighting to us that nobody can escape this. Not even the angels of Allah can escape this. So then Allah Ta'ala commands the angels of the second heavens to die, and they'll all die. Then the third level, and the angels of the third heavens, and all of them will die. Then the fourth, then the fifth, then the sixth, and then the seventh, and all of the angels of the seven heavens will be passed away. Will pass away. All of the angels will pass away. All humans have passed, all the angels of those seven heavens have passed. And then the angels that are holding on or holding up the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they'll be told that you now have to pass away as well. The angels that are holding the arsh of Allah, they'll be told that you now have to pass away. So all of them will die as well. So then Allah ta'ala will ask, and this just shows how in charge he is, how much power he has to do what he wants, when he wants, as he wants. He'll ask who's left. Who's left? Humans have passed, the angels of the seven heavens have passed, the angels that are holding up his arsh have passed away. And he'll ask, who is left now? Who's left now? So the angel of death uh, will say that Jibril, Mikail, Israel, and myself, we are left. We're still alive. Now, Israel is the or Israfil is the angel that blows the trumpet at the time of this world coming to an end. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell Israfil, okay, your turn to die now. So Israfil's life will be taken away from him. And it says that, you know, his trumpet, he will be holding his trumpet, and then as he passes away, he'll fall down. His trumpet will actually ascend, and it'll hook on to the arsh of Allah like that. So then Allah Ta'ala will ask, who's left now? Who's remaining? So then the angel of death will say, there's Jibreel, there's Mikail, and there's myself. So Allah Ta'ala will say, okay, Jibreel and Mikail, die. You'll have to die as well. Now look who, Mikail. That angel who's responsible for weather and rain since the beginning of this world, such a, such a responsibility that he has, such power you could say that he had, and now he's told to pass away. Angel Jibreel, the one who brought wahi to the prophets, the one who brought wahi to the prophets, he's being told that even you are not going to be spirit of death today. So the arsh of Allah Ta'ala will tremble and it'll ask that, Ya Allah, spare Jibreel. I mean, come on, of anyone, if anyone's to be spared, spare Jibreel. He's the one that brought wahi to prophets. He's the one that brought revelation to, for all of us, right? For every human being that is guided. And Allah Ta'ala will say that, 
know, if there was anyone that I was going to spare from this, it would have been my beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Angel Jibreel السلام, will pass away and the Angel Mikael السلام, will pass away. So now Allah Ta'ala will then ask from his Qudra, his because he can, he'll ask uh, who's left? Who's left? All the humans have passed, the angels of the seven heavens have passed, uh, Israfil, the angel who blows a trumpet has passed, Jibreel, the angel who brought down Wahi has passed, Mikail, the angel who brings down uh, who has brought down rain has passed. The angels that are holding up the arsh of Allah, they've all passed. There's only one, one left. And it will be the angel of death himself. And the angel of death will begin to tremble because he knows that he's the only one left. He knows he's the only one left. So he'll say, I'm left. I'm still alive. So Allah Ta'ala will say to the angel of death, time for you to go also. And he'll cause the angel of death to die. That angel that was responsible for taking away every human being's life since the beginning of time. And that will until the end of time. And that was his sole responsibility was to take away life. Separate body from soul from body. Right? You think that if anyone's going to be immortal from this is going to be the, the, the being that's actually responsible for it. And he will not be spared either. And Allah Ta'ala will cause him to die as well. And he passes away. No one spared. No human spared. No human has ever been spared. No one is alive in the world today that's over 150 years old. No one. No one. No human being has ever been spared. And rest assured, no human being will ever be spared either. It's just not possible. It's just not possible that even the angels are not going to be spared of death. So even the angel of death will not be uh, spared of this. And so after this occurs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then ask the question, On this day, who, who, whose, whose world is this? Who owns the world today? Who owns this place today? Now, لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَارِ That this is for the one Allah Ta'ala who's in charge. He's responsible. So he's the one that takes away life from every human being and he will take away life from every angel as well. Who can ask that question? لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ Whose world is it today? Whose dominion? Who is the Malik today? Try asking that question. Try asking that question. Now, فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ ثُمَّ تُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ Allah Ta'ala says in the remainder of this verse, قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْهِ That verily death, that thing that you have always been trying to run away from, فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ That verily you will meet it. You will not be able to escape. No one has escaped. No one will escape. It doesn't matter their status or their rank. Even his beloved messenger, وسلم, was not able to escape death. He says, ثُمَّ تُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ Then you will return to that being that knows the unseen. 
you will return to that being that knows everything. Those things that are hidden, those things that are unseen, and those things that are witnessed and able to be seen. This is the key point. This is that key statement. You will return to that being that knows everything outward, inward. And he will tell you in detail exactly what you did. He will tell you in detail exactly what you did. How you lived your life. What you did, what your, what was your motivating, what what motivated you in life, what drove you in life, what was important to you in life, what were those things that you strove toward, what were those things that you ran away from, what were those things that you were involved in that you shouldn't have been involved in, what were those deeds that you did that you should have been involved in, and that you were involved in. Nothing will be spared from Allah Taala, and Allah Taala says, We think that we know ourselves better than anyone else. Right? We think that if anybody, if, if I had to, uh, if, if no one knows me, I know myself. No one knows me better than myself. I know everything. I know what I need. I know what I don't need. I know my internal desires, my own whims, my passions. I know it. And we have a tendency as people to want to hide most of those things. You know, how many, in our closet, how many skeletons do we have? In our history, how many sins do we have? In our life, how many things are there that we just desire to hide from everyone with the hopes that it will never come out again, ever? And Allah Ta'ala says, Look, you thought you can run away from death, it's going to come to you, and you are going to have a meeting with death. And after that meeting, after that meeting, you're going to return back to me. And I know everything. I know everything that's unseen. I know what lies uh, in the heavens, on the earth, I know what I know you better than you know yourself. I know what's in your heart. I know what you've been hiding from everyone else. I know what you've been even hiding from yourself, because he is Ali al Ghayb. He is the knower of the unseen, and it's not just that he knows it. And then he says, and he will tell you every single thing that you did. Your whole life will be detailed to you. If we aren't willing to share that, Allah Ta'ala will share it with us. And it will be played for us in vivid detail. Now, in these last few days of Ramadan, and these last few nights of Ramadan, there's two things that we should really focus on with respect to this principle. And that is that this is our opportunity to do two things. One is, حَاسِبُوا قَبْلَ أَن تُحَاسِبُوا that we should take account of ourselves before we are taken account of. Look, there's no hiding from Allah. There's absolutely no hiding from Allah. There's nothing that we can hide from Allah. Our history cannot be hidden. Our deeds cannot be hidden. Our sins cannot be hidden. Our relationships cannot be hidden. Our passions cannot be hidden. Nothing can be hidden from Allah. He, is, he has knowledge of the unseen. He created us and he's going to take us away. So in these last few days, we take account of ourselves before Allah Ta'ala takes account of us. And if we take account of ourselves and we remove those things from our life that we don't want Allah to talk to us about, then now's our chance to do it. There are things that I know in my own life I don't want Allah to bring up with me. And He won't if I just remove it today. In these last few days, if I make a conscious decision that, you know what, I'm done with this. 
Or you know what? I used, was involved with this and now I'm going to ask Allah to forgive me. If I make this conscious decision today, then it's removed from my life and I don't have to wait for the Day of Judgment to deal with it or for accountability to take place. I don't have to wait for Allah Ta'ala to describe the situation in detail to me. Because to be honest, I, I don't want, I'm afraid to hear it. So that's what we do these last few days. We take account of ourselves with a fine-toothed comb. We look at our lives and see what are those things that uh, I've done in the past that I would be shameful of Allah Ta'ala bringing up with me in the future. What are those habits that I currently have that I would be afraid of Allah Ta'ala having a conversation with me about this in the future? And I weed those things out and I remove them from my life because they're very easily removable, especially on these blessed nights of Ramadan. And the second thing that we do is we contemplate. And we ask ourselves in these last few nights, what will life be like when I move on? If Allah Ta'ala has promised that I have to meet death, and actually the history of time has promised that everyone will witness death, and no one is spared from it, what will life be like when I leave? Have I thought about that? Have I asked myself that question? Most of us, we live life thinking that we're going to be here forever, and we think that because we're going to be here forever, the world is dependent on every single thing that we do. But the reality is when we leave this world, the world will just continue on as if we never existed. Very few people can leave their mark to such a degree that for years after, they are either remembered or their effect is still had. Very few people. And even those select few people, a thousand years later, no one remembers them. Right? <clears throat> Tell me the name of your great-great-great-grandfather. You couldn't do it. Tell me the name of your great-great-great-grandmother. You can't do it. They were people that were just like us. They had desires like us. They had passions just like us. They sat in masjids just like us. They fasted in Ramadan. Some of our grandparents fasted in Ramadan just like we're fasting. They had desires. They had passions. They had goals. They did important things in life. They worked. They went to school. We don't even know their names, and we are their offspring. If we don't know who they are, no one knows who they are. And 100 years from now, or 200 years from now, our great-great-great-grandchildren won't know our names. And if they don't know my name, then they're not, no one else is going to know my name. It doesn't matter what kind of an impact I have on the world. And certainly, even if I'm that one exception where I may, may have some impact, I can guarantee you 1,000 years from now, no one will know who we are. Absolutely nobody. Nobody will know the struggles that we went through, the passions that we had, the contributions that we made, the sacrifices that we underwent. It, it won't even be a memory. Do we know the sacrifices that our great-great-great-grandparents made? We don't. We don't. We know only about the Prophet's house, and that's as far back as, that's, that's, that's where we go. We skip generations of people, and we connect with the Prophet, because he's the exception to the rule. Not the, it's not going to be like that for us. So we have to consciously think in these last few nights that what will the world be like when I move on? Well, number one, the world will continue. Okay, number two, what will my world be like when I move on? People that came in this world before, they lived in, quote-unquote, my world for 50 or 60 years. They've been living in the next world already for some of them thousands of years. And the reality is that'll be our situation as well. We'll live in our world, my world, which I'm in right now for 50 or 60, maybe 30, maybe 50, maybe 80 years max, maybe 90 max. 
the time that I'm going to spend, even before the Day of Judgment occurs, likely will be decades, if not centuries, maybe even longer. So what will that world be like for me? What will this world be like when I leave? And the answer is very simple. It'll just continue. It'll just continue and we will be forgotten. The only thing that will make us relevant is our connection with Allah as that translates into our next world. So we ask ourselves this, these, these questions with regards to what will life be like when I move on? And then that then causes us to ask ourselves the question, what are my goals in life? What drives me? What inspires me? What intrigue me? intrigues me? What habits do I have? Where has my attention been directed? And if the answer to any of those is other than Allah, then this is our chance to correct it. If the answer to any of those questions is other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is our chance to correct it. Now, I say correct it now simply because this is the one time of year, the last few days and the last few nights of Ramadan, this is the one time of year where our minds are clear and we can actually think about it in this way. A week from now, if I was to say, let's have this conversation and this discussion, I want you to think about this, it would be impossible. Our hearts have been softened, our minds are clear, we've been in the company of the masjid, we've been fasting, we've been praying, we've been, for the most part, leaving most of our sins and most of the distractions that took us away from Allah. The consequence of that is that our mind is now clear. We understand there's an akhirah, we understand there's an Allah, we understand there is a messenger. We can appreciate that now more than we can at any other time and place. So if we don't ask these questions now, we will not be able to ask them again and we'll have to wait for next Ramadan you know, 355 days from now for us to have this conversation again. So these nights are special. These days are special. These are the days in which we mend our relationship with Allah. These are the days that we accept that we are mortal and that we are going to move on to a world that's better than this world. These are the days that we accept that we are weak and that Allah Ta'ala is great. These are the days that we accept that we have habits that we need to remove and that through Allah's tawfiq and the du'as that we make on these nights, it becomes possible. These are the days where we reflect upon our relationship with Allah, how engaged we are with Allah, and if Allah Ta'ala is our driving force. And these are the days that we inspire ourselves to live a life that we actually would love to live. It can only happen now. Ramadan, with the barakah of Ramadan, with the du'as that come with Ramadan, with the people of piety that, uh, that, are, that are in our gathering during this Ramadan. This is when it occurs. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to recognize uh, the importance of all of his verses in the Qur'an, and in particular the verses that cause us to reflect upon our death. May Allah ta'ala... Uh, rectify uh, allow us to rectify ourselves during these last few days and allow us to take account of ourselves before we move on to the next world and may Allah ta'ala uh, allow this Ramadan to be one that that causes a permanent change and a lasting change within our hearts uh, and may he be may he make this Ramadan that Ramadan in which we develop a true love for him uh, in our hearts wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alamin we'll just spend a few minutes muraqaba inshallah